Hi everyone, we just came back from a powerful combined church camp called the X-Church UK Getaway. These are some of our recorded sessions, so enjoy and be blessed. Uh, so I want to, um, in a while, uh, maybe someone can help me with that board. Uh, thank you very much. Just just place it uh, on my left here, uh, like, it wa- like it was uh, in the last few days. And I'll turn to it in a while, but I, I, I won't turn to it now. Thank you very much. Uh, and I will, the reason why I, I did that is because I came earlier this uh, morning and I flipped the chart uh, and uh, began to write some things as a summary of what I feel the Lord has been saying. And I told you the first night I, I was with you that um, uh, this camp is very different uh, to me because uh, I came without the, the normal preparation I would have uh, in past camps and past conferences. Uh, I saw a vision, the Lord says, uh, just flow with me every day. Uh, your only preparation would be to pray uh, and to wait upon me and to flow with me every single day. Uh, and you will also not only get uh, it directly from me, you will get it from the people because I will speak in and through uh, the people and uh, you will begin to write things on the board and you will see by the, by the last day how the Holy Spirit uh, would tie everything up together. Uh, and that is only, only can be the Lord. Amen. So it was one of those things, unprepared in that sense, but, but prayerful and totally dependent on the Holy Spirit. So I came and I, I began to you know, uh, put some notes uh, uh, to the notes that we had already written over the last uh, two days. And uh, we, I, I will kind of review that to you a little bit more <coughs> as, we, uh, as we draw towards the last lap. Uh, but I, I will share with you what uh, the Lord has put on my heart. Uh, and uh, is this, it is to trust in the Lord. The Lord wants us, His people, to learn to trust Him more every single day. Let me share a, a few testimonies with you very quickly. Testimony number one is that uh, in um, March, uh, well, yeah, March and April, I went to the United States of America uh, twice. Uh, and uh, I don't think I've ever done that uh, in the course of just uh, uh, one month. Uh, one month, uh, uh, I went twice. So flying from Malaysia to uh, the US uh, is not easy. It's about anywhere from 36 to 40 hours uh, to just get to your destination. Uh, but to do that twice in one month uh, can be... Because uh, re- you haven't even got through your jet lag yet and then you're getting into another one and then you, you know, stuff like that. You know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, but it was by the grace of God, uh, I was able to do it. Uh, both uh, times uh, that I was there was for a training uh, and, um, and God opened the door. So I went. The second one was uh, a little bit more challenging, and, and that's the one I want to share. Uh, I have uh, uh, like a like a stepmom, like a no, no, like a spiritual mom, who is very close to us. Her name is called uh, Mrs. Koo. We call her Mrs. Koo or Margaret Koo, and her husband is Koo Hin Hyong, uh, and they are from Singapore. They are with our church in Singapore, and uh, they uh, had uh, they said this right, uh, Kenneth. We have bent over backwards uh, to to get this particular training uh, on the dates that we we knew that you were free to go. And uh, it was this big company in America. Uh, it's called Barry Way Miller. It's about a $3 billion US dollar company. Uh, and they have embarked on a training uh, uh, of how to listen to their staff uh, and how to, you know, they have 12,000 staff. 
And so there is a radical movement uh, that has happened in the company that now has, has taken the company, not only the company by storm, but has taken America by storm because now American Airlines wants uh, what they have. Uh, now uh, the uh, San Francisco 49ers wants what they have. Now the American uh, Army wants to... Want, so they, they, they basically, as a company, taking out all their materials to train people. So they wanted to, to, to introduce the program to us. Uh, the, the, the leaders are Christian, but it's not a Christian company. You understand? Uh, and so they, had, they were going to train 24 of their managers. Uh, and they usually only train internally their managers. Uh, but they were willing to train three of our people from Malaysia. And all three are from ex-church KL. Uh, and it was Mrs. Koo who org organized that. I tell you all this because I want to I uh, kind of like line up the story to tell you the magnitude of what had to be done. And at the same time, uh, Pastor Lucas, our Singapore pastor, lead pastor, uh, was suffering uh, from uh, uh, lymphoma, uh, a type of blood cancer. And um, uh, so, I, you know, sometimes people don't understand what you go through uh, when, they, when they think that, you know, oh, it's just training, nothing else is happening in your life, right? Uh, you just have these dates, everybody else is free. Uh, but... Uh, you got to understand sometimes the life of a pastor, you can have 10 things going on uh, in one week uh, or at least in one month. Uh, and uh, the, people might not understand. So, so this is the thing. I said that I would be free at the end of April uh, and so the, uh, oh sorry, at the end of March and he was going to go into the 1st of April uh, and um, I, I, I didn't know then that I would not be free on that, on that 1st of April because this, this was the thing. I... When I saw that Pastor Lucas was not well, I, I felt in my heart that I should actually bring the team in Singapore together. Uh, because if we lose this pastor, the team of younger leaders, I don't want them to be lost. I don't want them to be disoriented or to be confused or to be uncertain about the future. So as the, the, you know, the, the global senior pastor, I, I take care of churches in that way. And, and, and so I said, okay, I, I got to really make sure that Singapore is okay. So I called them, I called the leaders, and the leaders told me that, uh, yes, okay, pastor, we'll have our first sort of SPO meeting, okay, uh, first SPO retreat. Uh, pastor, you can, you can come and, 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 and talk to us uh, then and there. And, and so they, they began to uh, invite the leaders in Singapore to say, come, 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 pastor wants to speak to us. And uh, they got a date down. And the date was very, very close to the US date, meaning that I have, I have now to consider cancelling or, or, or not going for the last day of training in America that they have so-called bent over backwards to, to make it happen for me. Uh, I have to now say, I'm so sorry, I, I have to miss it because it will take me 40 hours to get back to Singapore. And if I go after I do the last day, I would have missed the Singapore retreat altogether. And so I had to weigh it out. And I prayed. And of course, at the same time, I told the coups, I said, you know, I might, be, I might need to miss the last day. And they were really quite upset because, you know, naturally they had done a lot to put this together. And I said, you know, I'm so sorry. Uh, I, I told you that I had a certain time that I could go, but uh, now that it's stretched into the 1st of April, I, I, I have to miss it. And they were upset. And it's, you, know, you know how many of you have ever made a decision, although you know it's not fully correct, but you've made a decision just because you have had, you, you have relationship. And, and, and this is something that I've learned that even though I have a very good relationship with the Kuz, I, I still have to listen to the Lord and trust Him that he, is, he knows what He's doing. And so He put it on my heart to say, Kenneth, the Singapore team 
can only meet in these this three days. And if you had it later, and uh, so the suggestion was to have it one month later, if you had it later, uh, about half of them couldn't, couldn't make it. So you know uh, when we do dates like camps and conferences, you will realize that uh, you, won't, you will never have a perfect date for everybody, yes or no? Uh, sometimes 30% can come, sometimes 70% can come, sometimes 90% can come, sometimes 50% can come. So you want to choose a date where, where majority can come. So I lined this whole story up for you because I, I want to tell you that I was uh, in a place of turmoil. And some of you could be in, in that place sometimes. You, know, you go like, oh, you're, you're between the devil and deep blue sea, you know? You're, you're, you're between something good and something also good. You know? it's, it's not just bad and good. It's, it's both are good. Uh, but which one is God? You've got to find out. And, and, and I've learned to trust in the Lord a little bit more. His voice. His timing. Because it's not just about uh, things. It's timing. The timing of God is really, really very important. Uh, sometimes people can do the right thing at the right time. Sometimes people can do the wrong thing at the wrong time. Some people, sometimes people can do the right thing at the wrong time. Talk to that brother now. It's the right thing to do, but it's the wrong time. Uh, and maybe some people can do the wrong thing at the right time. The timing of the Lord is really, really key. He said to uh, Esther, or at least we learn from the book of Esther, for such a time as this. And if Esther didn't move, God will raise up somebody else, right? Um, anyway. So, so I, I really struggled. And then when I, I went to the coos again, I said, coos, uh, I, I, I think I have got to do this. Wow, I tell you, you know, you, you, should, you should see their face. And they love me, and I love them too. But sometimes, you know, just in very practical relationship and very practical facial expression, you feel like you're dis disappointing your very good friends. And uh, they're still very, very good people. But, you know, they were really disappointed. Because they, 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 they said they had moved heaven and earth, you know to get me to be trained by this particular uh, huge company which they felt it was a huge opportunity that you're missing. And some of you might be feeling like you're, you're missing a huge opportunity and yet God is still saying to you, hear my voice. Trust me. So, so, so I did. And I, I remember cancelling the last day of class and you know, the Americans were upset. Uh, my friends were upset. Uh, the two people that I brought, Elder Rose and Elder King Yak, they were like, Pastor, you just got to do what you got to do. We trust you. Uh, and, uh, but that, mean, that meant that you know, we went as three people to the States and I, I came back as one. Uh, you know, it's quite a lonely trip coming back. And then I said, Lord, do me one thing. Do me one thing. I, I'm going to go back. Uh, when I arrive into Malaysia, it's going to be 4.30 a.m., 5 a.m. And when I come out, this is the first time I've ever, ever done it, you know, from the States. Huh? Coming out with your bags at the arrival hall, take, up the, take the escalator to go to departure for my 7.30 flight to Singapore. You, you would think that would be a zombie by now, already 40 hours, right? So, and my only prayer in the plane, and I said it about six, seven times, is Lord, if this is really you and this, you're with me, uh, I don't want any jet lag. I can't afford it. Because I have to arrive into Singapore at 8, 8 a.m., check into the hotel by 9, and then hopefully get about three hours sleep, and it starts again. The retreat starts about, you know, after lunch. And it goes on for about 30 hours. Okay? And here I am having to carry your word in season for people that you love, for a church that you love, you know? So, so it, it is a responsibility that I carry, but God's grace is sufficient always. 
So I said, Lord, uh, no jet lag, please. And so I remember getting into Singapore. And you know, you can never plan for everything, no? Because as soon as I checked into my hotel, I went into my room at 9.30. Uh, I took a shower and I was about to sleep until a phone call rang. You know, my, 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 my phone rang and, 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 and there's a leader said, Oh, Pastor, you're, uh, you've arrived? Can I meet with you first before? <laughs> so sleep is gone. All right, that's the pastor's life. Uh, uh, sleep is gone. But, but, but God's grace is always going to be sufficient. Uh, you will never need God's grace if you don't have this kind of lifestyle. Uh, if it's so easy, you will never need His grace. You only need yourself. <laughs> but sometimes He puts you into a position whereby you go like, all right. So I, I met with this leader and sure enough, uh, you know, I knew it was divine. Uh, and throughout the whole time, because right after the lunch, uh, other people came checking in and then it started. I want to tell you this, I had not a single minute of jet lag. And it was so surprising because another person came back from London uh, and joined the, the, the team, joined the team and already had rested two days. And when she came out uh, uh, into the meeting, she looked like a zombie. <laughs> and then she turns to me and she says, Pastor, didn't you just come back from the States? I said, yeah, Jess. And uh, I said, you came here from somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, she said, yeah, how, did, how, how could you tell? I said, I can tell because jet lag is written all over your face. So yeah, I really feel so tired. Now, but, 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 but it's okay, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not putting her down. I'm just saying this is natural. And yet there's a supernatural. And how many of us will choose the supernatural? Because it's very easy to choose the natural, but the supernatural is, is, is every day uh, 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 something that God is willing to pour out upon our lives if we will choose His way. Now, I, I haven't finished the story because after I finished my 30 hours with them, I was, we were talking about real stuff like we talked about yesterday. Some real stuff. Like, Pastor Lucas had been doing all this work and now he's not well in hospital. How, how many of you would rise up? Come on, come on don't, don't just wait for Pastor Lucas to get well and again come back in and do everything. And I tell you what, everybody was ready, you know. Ready to rise up, ready to do stuff, right? ready to take this church to another level without even talking about whether Pastor Lucas will live or not. Because that was not the issue. The issue is not whether Pastor David and Pastor Kat will be here forever or one more year. The issue is that we, this is our church and we need to rise up for such a time as this. I tell you what happened. Two weeks later, Pastor Lucas goes home to be with the Lord. If I had met these leaders one month later, they would have been lost. God's timing is amazing. Who knew that Pastor Lucas would die? Two weeks after the retreat. And so we sometimes go like, oh, but God's timing, you know, uh, I think, yeah, it's okay, it's only one more month. But with God, it's like, so I, I want to I tell you this, we, uh, God wants us to trust Him more. Trust His voice more, trust His ways more, trust His grace more, trust His strength more, trust His wisdom more. Uh, uh, because, uh, you know, really, uh, we are not alone and He's with us and He wants us to be able to experience more of Him. Uh, and today, uh, ex-Singapore is in a much better place. Pastor Lucas died 10 days before the 10th anniversary of Singapore. And so when I went there to give the message, I, I spoke on the, the number 10 and spoke from Daniel because he said, try me now 10 days. Uh, I will live on water and vegetables. The rest of the guys can live on the king's delicacies. And then I, I, I spoke about how we need to live on God's diet. God's diet. Not the king's or the world's diet. Are you all still with me? God's diet is very different and it's supernatural. 
But uh, Daniel, uh, in Daniel 1.8, purpose in his heart that he will not defile himself. Are you all still with me? And I, 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 I want to encourage you guys uh, in, the, in the, the weeks to come, the months to come, the years to come, choose to live on God's diet because I tell you, more and more churches will begin to live on the diet of the world. Uh, you know, there'll be no more lights, more sound, more decorations, more all kinds of things that after a while, people will not recognize it. I think, I think in Malaysia, more and more people are looking for churches, but they can't find it. What, what I mean by that is that churches are beginning to look more like the world. And people are getting fed up with the world, so they want to leave the world, but they can't find a church that looks like a church. So, what is happening now is the biggest and, and, and fastest growing religion in the world is Islam. Because they look the same all these years. And so when someone wants to choose a religion and get out from the things, you know, they've been to pubs, they've been to discos, they've been to lights and they've been to sound, when they really want to choose, they will choose something that's totally different. And so I want to, us to understand that we, we don't need to be the same uh, because Jesus died for us to be different. He didn't die for us to be the same. He, did, he died for us to be hot, not he didn't die for us to be cool. But too many Christians want to be cool. Uh, so, so I want to encourage you guys uh, uh, that, uh, that, that we need to bring, bring some radical gospel back to the church. We need to bring some radical dependence on the Lord. We need to bring Jesus back, you know, uh, 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 to the way we do church. And, and, and I want to encourage you like this, okay? So, so this is Malaysia's, uh, 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 Malaysia's challenge now. And there was a non-Christian, uh, my, one of our church members had his non-Christian uh, cousin go to a church that's really, really cool now in Malaysia. And then this is a non-Christian cousin, and then he comes back. He says, uh, uh, "He told Binot is the is the cousin. He said uh, he said to Binot, Binot, uh, uh, I I I thought that you know I, I I could escape the world and get into church, but then I realized I was escaping the world and getting into another uh, world, uh, and so it really put him off. Uh, but I, I want us to understand that what we want is God's diet, and it might seem the it might seem boring, no? What's boring? Water and vegetables is boring." It might seem boring, but I, I want to encourage us to continue to go on God's side. Everybody okay? Yeah. Go on God's side. Okay. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Um, I, I remember being in Singapore uh, just about one month ago, and um, uh, it's been like I've been traveling every week. So I'm in Singapore now, and uh, I, I, I don't know why, but I catch a fever. Uh, and I'm there only for one reason, no? One reason only. I'm there to water baptize uh, three men. And my wife water baptized two women. Five people are going to go through the water baptism. And I have a high fever on Friday night. Saturday morning, 8.30, I have to be in the pool. And you know how cold the pool can be at 8.30 in the morning. I have a high fever. And uh, I remember, you know, I, I, I tried to go to sleep at about... Sandra, I, I think I went to sleep. I tried to sleep like 7.30 at night. Trying to get this rest. I'm trying to get uh, over this um, tiredness and trying to see whether the fever can go. A uh, fever didn't leave me uh, until about, uh, I don't know what time, because uh, at 12, I woke up, the fever was still there. Three in the morning, I woke up, the fever was still there. And I probably had to wake up by 6, 6.30 to be able to be at the pool by 8. And then 8.30 to be in the pool to baptize people. And the Lord has been teaching me, Kenneth, trust me. Kenneth, trust me. So I want to just introduce to you uh, a, a, a new life, a new prayer life that I, I've been enjoying. And this is it's just this. Lord, I trust you. 
Lord, I trust you. It's, it's a new, it's not new, but it's new, it's new as in the way I pray now. Is, is like this, uh, Lord, you know that I have to baptize three people tomorrow and all the way I've come to baptize these three people and I can't go into the pool with high fever. So Lord, I'm going to go to sleep now and I expect to wake up well. And I end with, and I end with this, I trust you. This is one of the, the most powerful words you can even say to a person. No? Like for example, I come up to Tiong and say, Tiong, this one you know, whatever it is that we spoke about last night, I trust you. Do you, do you understand there's power there? Because whatever it is, I trust the person. I trust the heart. I trust your relationship with God. And when you say you trust God, it also means that it might not happen my way, but I still trust you. That's how powerful say, saying I trust you is. My wife and I, when you know, we were uh, married in our first few years, you know, I was so poor. And I couldn't afford anything. Uh, we only went window shopping uh, and claim as we walked. In Jesus' name, one day we shall be able to buy you shoes. One day we shall be able to buy. But we were poor. And uh, I was so frustrated one time. I, I wanted to give up ministry. I wanted to go back to law. And uh, my wife said to me, uh, Kenneth, uh, I'm married to you. And we are one. We are together. And uh, I want you to know that even if you have to sell nasi lemak, uh, I will never leave you. Uh, and, 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 and it's a powerful thing for a wife to say that because I was thinking to myself, with a doctor going after her, with a, you know, a, a banker going after her, with all that, I, I, thought, I thought to myself, well, maybe she married wrong. Because I'm serving the Lord and I'm poor and all that kind of stuff, at least in the first few years. Uh, and I thought to myself, maybe, you know... Maybe, uh, you, you, especially guys, you know, sometimes you feel so down, so, re, uh, so useless. And my wife said these words. And, and what she's trying to say to me is, I trust you. You might be poor now, but I trust your character. I trust your calling in God. And, and this is one of the best things that a, a man can ever hear from his wife. I, I trust you. And uh, I, I pray that I, de I deserve that too, you know. Uh, that I've lived my life to deserve my wife uh, 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 trusting me. Okay, so... Uh, what, what happened was, uh, the, uh, when I woke up in the morning, uh, there in Singapore, uh, the fever had gone. By about 6 o'clock in the morning, the fever left. And, and, and uh, I've, been, I've, been, I've been just so happy journeying with the Lord in this prayer, new prayer life that I've had, that I've been trying to practice it everywhere I go. Uh, so I, 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 I now am back to my a goal status uh, for, uh, in, in MAS because of the amount of time I've flown. <coughs> um, had it, then lost it, then had it again. <coughs> and uh, in the plane now, I have a lot, of, a, a lot of chance to practice trusting God. You know why? Because of the bad turbulence. <laughs> and sometimes uh, some turbulence are so bad, uh, uh, the only numbers are in your mind uh, is 370. <laughs> One time... One time my plane was landing in Indonesia and as it was landing in Jakarta, the, sh the plane began to shake. shake. Okay, and the engine felt like it was going to explode. Uh, so, bad was the, so bad was the landing that the plane actually took off again. In mid-air, took off again. And instead of landing in Jakarta, we ended up in Singapore. 
because it was really, really bad. Uh, it, it is in those times that you have to say, Lord, I shouldn't be scared because you, you, you have my life in your hands. And whether I live or die, you already know it. So I, I want to trust you. I've been using that word a lot. I want to I wanna, I wanna introduce you, you these words again. I trust you. It's a very, very powerful phrase. Uh, another time we were landing in uh, Malaysia, we were so tired. And you know, when the plane is about to land, uh, we, all, we all rejoice. We can already smell the nasi lemak. <coughs> and then uh, what happened was, as the plane was landing, it took off again and it went straight up into the skies. Because uh, I think uh, it was avoiding a, a clash. Uh, another plane was landing at the same time. It, it's, it's crazy stuff, lah. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff. But, it, but recently, uh, uh, what has happened is because my confidence in the Lord has grown so much in, in my trust of, of Him. Uh, now, uh, when I hear the, uh, uh, the chief steward say, please buckle up because we're going through turbulence or we're about to go through turbulence, uh, I would just put up my hand like this and I say, Lord, I trust you uh, to not uh, allow this turbulence to happen. And so I speak to the skies. And I say, clouds be removed, peace to the skies. Because you know Jesus, uh, He calmed the storm, you know. So I speak, so about, uh, can I tell you this? I, I just report to you, uh, eight out of ten times when the chief steward said, uh, buckle up because we are going through turbulence, uh, we never went through turbulence. And I thought to myself, Lord, I, I want to practice more of this. Uh. <laughs> you know, when, when your confidence grows, you go like, your hands going up like that, uh, is, uh, is there anything else I can touch? <laughs> is, is there anyone, is, uh, maybe someone's with cancer? You know, because, uh, you know, and I think the Lord wants us to grow in a confidence until the day comes when hospitals are free from cancer patients. Because I know when Jesus came on the earth, He healed everyone no, that came His way. There was not a particular scripture that says uh, He healed 90%. So I'm thinking even depressed, people who are mentally depressed, boom, gone. People who, have, you know, medically you can't heal, medically you can't cure, Jesus did it all. Because I believe uh, His relationship with the Father was so close his confidence, so I'm, I want to say this word again and again, the confidence of Christians that God will answer every prayer that you pray is important. I believe that most times our prayers don't get answered, not because God is not answering, because our, our confidence is not there. We are praying, but we're not expecting. So a brother just asked me last night, Pastor, should we expect God to answer every prayer? And my answer was, yes. Otherwise, why pray? No, will he answer is totally different. You can expect him to answer. And you should expect him to answer because if you don't expect him to answer, then why pray in the first place? And so my, my, my confidence in the Lord has been growing and growing until the, it's come to a time right now, my friends, that I don't believe he, he, he will not answer anything I ask. And I want to pass this on to you. It is a journey, it's a walk with the Lord. It is... It is every time I ask God for something, it, it will happen because He hears me. Why? Because I trust Him. Okay, so let's, <coughs> let's move on. I've got other testimonies I would like to share with you, but time is, is, is running. So uh, the next slide says, going to Him even when there are other alternatives. I want to I teach you something here. I, I want you and I to continue going to the Lord on a daily basis, even when there are other alternatives. I reach out for Panadol very slowly. Because some of us reach out to it as the first thing when we have a headache. So I'm trying now to not reach out to Panadol first because there's another one who's my healer. So I try Jesus first. 
I'll try. So, so it's, it's again, you, uh, you say, Pastor, will it work? You try lah. See, a lot of Christians don't try. You must at least try. Try, and then if it doesn't really work so well, then when you reach out for the Panadol after that, God won't smack you in the head. You, you, you do what you need to do. Take whatever medication the, the, the doctor is telling you, but I'm saying to you that uh, uh, many Christians don't, don't see another level of breakthrough because they don't try to at least attempt uh, and to believe. So going to Him even when there are other, uh, other alternatives. And this is my fear, guys, that as we go on in this modern world, the world will come up with more and more alternatives that will give you a lack of need for God. It will be from your handphone to, uh, I don't know what else uh, will be introduced to this world, but whatever that this world is going to introduce more and more of is going to be so that we can depend on God less. Think about it for a moment. And, and, and usually God moves when all we have is Him. <coughs> usually God moves when all we have is Him. So, we've got to learn <coughs> to go to Him even when there are other alternatives. So the Scripture says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Um, the word is all your heart. We've got to trust God with all our heart and then it says lean not on your own understanding. So, there's a lot of understanding that we have today that we lean on, but God wants us to lean on Him. So, but if you are leaning on our own understanding, then it's, more, it's, it's very possible that you're not leaning on God. Everybody okay with this? All your heart. So, it's a good question to ask all of all, ourselves. Ask ourselves. Am I really trusting God with all my heart? Or half of my heart is God and half my, of my heart is medicine? Half of my heart is God and half my heart is my money. Half of my heart is God and half my heart is my degrees. It's very, very important, guys. We've got, even though we have degrees on our walls, money in our bank, God still wants us to practice leaning on Him more each day. Can I hear a good amen? All your heart doesn't mean half, doesn't mean 90%, it means all. I want you to learn that and I'm learning that every single day of my life and I'm enjoying my prayer life so much that I, I thought I had to share this with you today. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. I remember this song when I was growing up. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Some of you don't know this song. Some of you don't even know this scripture. Some of you don't know, even know how a chariot looks like or how horses look like. So I have a new song for you. And, and the song goes like this. Some trust in iPhones and some in Samsung. And because you, none of you in this room can live without your phone. But the question is, can you live without God? Well, you say it. But I think we'd rather hold our phone anytime than to hold on to God. I think God really sometimes wants to play the place of our phones. Sometimes when you know, I have a phone and I use the Instagram a lot. Actually, I don't even use it for a phone. No? My wife will tell you it's not even a phone. It's a camera for selfie and wifi. And it's Instagram and Facebook. 
and maybe Malaysia Kini <laughs> to follow the Malaysian story. I, I, I don't use it as a phone. They only bought me a phone because I, was start, I started to travel. Uh, I'm the type that can leave my house and after 20 minutes of driving out, uh, uh, my wife will say, where's your phone? I said, I, I think it's at home. And, and you know, we, never, we don't drive back for it. Uh, yeah. Uh, just because I, it's, not, it's not my habit. Um, I wonder whether, we, I wonder whether we, if, if, we, if we tell ourselves, oh, I left God at home. Right? I mean, will you U-turn? Well, you don't have to because He's everywhere, right? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> how, how important really is He? Maybe another question I should ask you is, how, how, how much do you really depend on Him? Because you depend on your phone a lot, right? No phone means cannot even go to, you know, to, to sit on a bus because you, that's how you pay for it. Uh, no phone means you cannot travel. No phone means you cannot pay your bills. No phone means you cannot, you know, just, right? I, I, I think God wants that, that place. And sometimes when I swipe my phone, I, I go like, oh, wow. Uh, uh, is it, how, many, how many of your phones tell you uh, how long you have been on the screen? Yeah. Uh, sometimes it tells me three hours, no? And I go like, what? <laughs> you know, and I don't do quiet time for three hours. Um, so the next word is dependency. Trust, my friends, is dependency. I will know who and what you trust when I know who and what you depend on. Uh, you cannot just say, oh, pastor, I really trust in the Lord if you don't show how much you depend on Him. Dependency and trust goes hand in hand. You will depend on the one you trust and you will trust the one you depend. It also is the word frequency. I'm going to introduce you some words before I close. So the word dependency, as, as we depend on our phones, do we depend on the Lord? And, and you say, I, I still don't understand you, Pastor. I, I, I depend on the Lord. Why, why are you saying that I don't? Well, I'm not saying you don't. I'm just, say, I'm just teaching. I, I'm just saying that God wants us to trust Him more. What does it mean? It means to depend on Him more. Even when there are other alternatives. And you see, see I, I still don't understand that. Oh, well, let me give you one more word. It's a frequency. How many times you actually go to the Lord will show how much you depend on Him. And so I've learned that, guys. And that's why now my quiet time uh, has been expanded. I do about maybe uh, sometimes half an hour, one hour quiet time. But I go to the Lord. I, f- I found myself going to the, Lord, to the Lord 20 to 30 times a day. It's just my new prayer life now, no? It's like, uh, it'll, be, it'll be getting up at, 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 at night, having that fever and say, Lord, can you please take away the fever from me? Because I need, I need to get into the pool. And I wake up again, another hour, fever still there. Lord, would you please take away the fever? And I've also learned to only pray three times. And if it doesn't happen, I, I, I start just giving thanks. Because there's a scripture that says, Paul said, I, with this thing, I pleaded with him three times. And so the Paul style is, you don't have to pray over the same thing more than three times. After you pray three times a day, uh, the rest is all, Lord, I thank you, you've heard me. Lord, I thank you, I know you've heard me. Lord, I thank you, I trust you. Lord, you've already heard me cry for three hours. I'm not going to talk to you about this again because I trust you. Every other prayer after that is, I trust you, I thank you, I trust you, I thank you, I trust you, I thank you. But you pray, you want to pray, pray maximum three times, the rest is, Lord, because uh, you can sound like a broken record. And don't think that just because you, you pray so many times that God will hear you. Jesus taught that. So I, I, I do it Paul's way. If I need a healing in my body, I, 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 
I speak over that one time, two times, three times, and then after that, if it's still painful, I say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Hasn't happened yet. Lord, I trust you. BRP haven't come yet. Lord, I trust you. Visa haven't been applied yet. Lord, I prayed to you three times a day, and I know you love me. So why do I need to bother with you with this so many times as if you didn't hear me? I know even the first time you heard me, second time you heard me, third time you heard me, Paul only prayed three times. The rest of the times I'm going to be saying what? Lord, I trust you. It's going to be okay. I trust you. Plane is shaking. I already prayed. The prayer, journey mercies. I pray another time, Lord, please. Uh, I've heard of pilots going crazy. So right now, can you please send your Holy Spirit or your angels into the cockpit? Speak to the pilots, give them peace. And, uh, you know, I pray that. And if I'm led to pray another prayer, I'll pray this prayer. But after three times, I usually say, Lord, I trust you. And Lord, I thank you that you have heard me. Are you all still with me? But how many times are you willing to go to the Lord in a day? How many times do you go to your phone in a day? Will show me how much you trust and how much you depend on that which you go to constantly. So I'm asking every Christian here to learn how to walk with the Lord. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something else with you. Well, uh, let, me get, let me see the next slide very quickly. How often we go to someone or something will determine how much we really rely, depend, need, believe in, trust that someone or something. How often we go to that someone or some, something will show, will show a lot. How often do we go to God? That's the next question. Now, I want to talk about all your ways for a quick moment. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Ladies and gentlemen, in a day, how many ways are there? The Bible says, in all your ways, acknowledge Him. In a day, how many ways are there? I'll give you, I'll give you a clue because some of you, your mind may not be fully working this morning. There is a way to be a husband. I say, Lord, I commit my way to you. Help me to become a good husband. There's a way to be a father. Lord, help me to be a good father today. There's a way to be a pastor. I say, Lord, please help me be a good pastor today. There's a way to be a brother. Lord, help me to be a good brother today. There's a way to be an employee. Lord, help me to be a good employee today. There's a way to be an employer. Lord, help me to be a good boss today. There's a way to be a neighbor. Lord, help me to be a good neighbor today. A, there, there are probably many, many you know, exams. There are ways to study for your exams. And, and, and then the promise is, He will direct your path. If you really want to be directed by the Lord, even in your studies, your work, your, your everything, you need to first commit your, all your ways to Him. So I can tell you this, in a day, uh, there's a lot and many times you can go, go to the Lord. Because there are so many ways in a day that you should live as a good sister, as a good citizen. And, and, and so I've learned that, oh, it's not just about praying your list. God bless me, bless my mom, bless my dad, bless my uh, marriage, bless my friends, bless my chicken, my dog, uh, and my food. Uh, there's, there's a list that we pray, and, and, and we pray a Santa Claus prayer uh, uh, of good things on the list, but you don't realize that there's a deeper way of praying. And that is to trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and in all your ways, acknowledge Him. Lord, I acknowledge You in my work. Lord, I acknowledge You in my marriage. Lord, I acknowledge You in my ministry. Are you all still with me? And, and can you imagine how many times you would have to go to the Lord if you have to commit all your ways to Him? Many times. Many times. 
I'm talking about frequency, friends. I'm talking about dependency, friends. That actually points towards who you really trust. And God is just saying, I want you to trust me more. I want you to trust me more. All your ways acknowledge Him. I go to Him once, twice, three times maybe, and the rest is trust and thanksgiving. I told you that. The scripture is this. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 8. Next scripture is, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So I've learned to uh, pray three times, and the rest is thanksgiving, and the rest is, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you. Seek Him diligently, the Bible says, right? What does diligent mean? Uh, I can tell you now that a student that is diligent will do very well. It just means that you, 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 you spend your time uh, uh, really digging into what you need to dig into and study what you need to do. A, a, a lawyer wins a case because the lawyer is more diligent. Uh, I remember when I was studying law, uh, there was a famous case of Kapal Singh, one of our top lawyers who died uh, some years ago uh, because of an accident, but he was one of the top names in Malaysia. He won a case on a comma. Have you ever heard that case? On a comma. Because if you don't put a comma, to a sentence, it might mean a totally different thing. And that man studied the whole case and he didn't, he, on a technicality, he won the case just on a comma. Amazing, yes, because he must have perused and studied and diligently looked at the case and between the person who wins and the person who doesn't win, usually it's diligence that makes the difference. A team that wins, you know, in football, I'm wearing a Liverpool tie, um, <laughs> It's, it's, it's a team that really wants to win, a team that has practiced hard, a team that has studied the opposition. How diligent are we with the Lord and in the Lord? Are you all still with me? Very, very important. What does the scripture say? But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that He is. I put the word trust. For he who comes to God must trust that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. How many of you believe that? That God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So the word is not those who seek Him. The word is those who diligently seek Him. So the difference, that, uh, it, uh, the difference made between one Christian and another Christian is not that we're not seeking Him, but who is seeking Him more? Diligently. The reward comes to those who diligently seek Him. And diligence sometimes just means how many times a day? How many times a week? And I want to encourage you to do that, guys, because I, I'm telling you, there's another level to experience. There's really another level to experience in the Lord. And I want you to understand that, to be diligent. Uh, to, be diligent to be diligent is these three words. To do things carefully, like a lawyer studying the case very carefully. And the more careful he studies it, the, the, that, that's when he finds the comma. <laughs> and you go, like, my word, can you win a case on a comma? Or the lack of it, yes, you can, and it's it's now a case uh, that is uh, you know popular, uh, and and students in Malaysia study it. You have to you have to study it constantly, not just carefully, but constantly and committedly. You have to be totally committed to it. Now let me uh, draw to the last lap, and tell you this: Jesus said in John eleven forty to forty two, Jesus said to um, Martha, "Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God?" Then, he, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I, I, I love this, no? He actually prays this prayer. Father, 
I thank you that you have heard me. And then he says, uh, he says, and I know you always hear me. I know you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. I, I, I like this verse a lot because such was the confidence of Jesus, the Son of the living God, that He said, I know that you always hear me. I'm going to ask you all a question in this room. How many of you have that confidence? That He always hears you. I want us to all come to that place because Jesus asked us to be like Him. Right? Jesus showed the way of how, how we have a relationship with the Father. But I still find that many Christians, including myself, there are days where I still fail. But many Christians are not able to repeat the same words that Jesus said, Father, I know you always hear me. But do you want to know why Jesus can say that? Let me give you a clue. You can only know that someone always hears you if you're always talking to Him. How can you use the word always if you only talk to Him once a year? Once a week. No, you only use the word always is because I always talk to you. You always hear me because I always go to you. Wow, it's nice to have a glimpse into Jesus' lifestyle, right? Almost everything, I'm sure, He turns to the Father. Father, what do you think about this? Father, what do you think about that? Father, should I go? Should I, should I say this? Should I scold these people? <laughs> or should I just, just love them? Should I rebuke them? Should I heal them? Should I, what, what, what should I do? I only do the things I see my father do, he says. This relationship, uh, this depth. Because Jesus also said, the things that I, that, that I do, you shall do also. And greater things than these shall you do. So Jesus wants us to be like him and more. But we've got to learn the secrets of what made Jesus, Jesus. And was it was his constant communication and constant reliance. I really think that God was Jesus' handphone. I think maybe on that handphone, there was probably only one number. You know, many years ago, um, the Lord said to me, and can I say this to you? Because it's, it's one of the most touching moments I had with the Lord. You know what God said to me? I miss you. I thought to myself, what? So I thought, I thought it would be religious and, and spiritual of me to say, I miss you too, God. <laughs> and God said to me, you don't have to say you miss me because I'm always here. Oh my word, then that means I, I've not been around. And so when I first started ministry, I had nobody, I, had, I think I had no money. And all I had was the Lord. All I had was Sam, his number, God's number, because I had nobody else's number. And the Lord showed me miracles. Miracles. Because if all you have is Him, that's when miracles happen. Sometimes we have too much technology, we don't need God. So what happened was, when I grew in ministry and people started seeing my ministry and started liking my ministry, they started wanting to offer money. Gave me their number, gave me their name card. Anything you need, Kenneth Chin, just call, call us. And I started calling them. The first thing happens, the first trouble happens, the first need happens, I call the numbers on my new handphone. And you know what God does? He's a gentleman, no? So He steps aside. You know, He's not one of those jealous boyfriends uh, who, you know, because you choose, right? And He steps aside. And, and, and I go like, oh, okay, Need money? Call this guy. You know, need help? Call that guy. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm into all this now because once upon a time, I only had God, but now I have a black book full of numbers. And the Lord steps aside. And things still happen, but the church didn't grow from 300. It stagnated for a year. And I said, Lord, you know, I, I'm, I'm from the old school. Uh, 
of, uh, of training where they say every day people go into a crisis eternity. Actually, it was not such nice words. Uh. They say people go to hell every day uh, without Jesus. And how can you allow a church not to grow for one year? So I grew, I grew up with, on, from this old school thought. So I said, Lord, how can you allow this church not to grow for one year? You know? And uh, the Lord says, you want it to grow? I said, oh, yes, Lord. He said, uh, would, you like to, would you like to depend on me again? Because you know where we went from one to three hundred was all God. And then suddenly it became all me. And God says, I miss you. And I said, yeah, God, um, I've not been calling you, right? Yeah, we used to talk. You, you, you used to only have me. I said, I'm sorry, Lord. So what, 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 can, what can I do? And at that time already, a, a multimillionaire was giving me 12,000 ringgit every month. And I, I know most of you know this story because you've heard it somewhere. Either through a book or, or for me sharing. But I want to say this, this to you again. It's all about trust. And God wants us to trust Him more, right? So He says, Kenneth, let's, let's just come back to the place where it's just you and me. You know? Wow, what a challenge. I said, okay, God, what does that mean, you know? And uh, so, to cut a long story short, I gave up the 12,000 ringgit. I called the multimillionaire, Christian multimillionaire, and said to him, uh, I have to give this up. He scolded me for, for 30 minutes on the phone, saying, God never spoke to me. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, if God never spoke to you, please continue giving, you know, hallelujah, amen. But God spoke to me, so I can't receive. But you can give, you know. It's a good deal, right? You keep giving, but I don't, I don't receive, you know. Put it in my wife's name or something. So he scolds me and scolds me and scolds me and says, okay, we'll see. You know, he, put a, he puts up a challenge because if this is really God, I have to survive, right? And so I cried. I cried after I put the phone down because I was really fearful. I had staff to pay, I had rental to pay and all that. I needed 12,000 ringgit every month. Uh, cut a long story short, after a month, Elder Keng Yak, who is my, uh, also my accountant, came in and said, Pastor, and he had tears in his eyes. We both had tears in our eyes a month before that because we were scared. But now he has tears in his eyes and I don't usually cry, right? No? But, but God touched us so much because he said to me, Pastor, you won't believe it, but an extra 13,000 ringgit came into our offering bag. I said, what? <laughs> he said, yes. And then the next month, he said, Pastor, uh, an extra 26,000 came into our offering bag. Then went on to 32,000, right? What I didn't realize was the church was growing. And in six months, we doubled from 300 to 600. See, God... He doesn't grow a church by strategy. He, goes, he grows a church by obedience. And, and we talked about obedience, right? The last two days. But today I want to talk a, a, a more specific thing about obedience, which is trust. In fact, there's a song that says, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So these two are married. They go together. And the Lord is just saying to you right now, I've got so much in store for you. I've got so much... In my plans for you, you know, I, I remember reading a book just recently and the guy said, no, he went to a camp and the guy, the, the, the camp speaker said, why don't you write all your best plans on the left, alright? And then after a while, pray and consider uh, God's plans on the right. And he said, after you see God's plans on the right, you will definitely tear up your plans on the left. Because your plans will never be able to beat God's plans for your life. Your plans will, will sound like foolishness in the light of God's plans for you. <laughs> He said, I guarantee you, you will tear your plans up because God's plans are going to be so much better. Sometimes we don't have a glimpse into what God's plans are for us.
But he said, my plans are to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. God's plans are amazing for us, better than we can ever imagine. Would you trust Him? Would you trust Him with your life? Would you trust Him with your relationships? Would you trust Him with your future? Would you trust Him with your job? Would you tr- he wants you to trust Him more. And what does it mean again? Dependency. What does it mean again? Frequency. I'm, I'm trying to give you practical tips so that you don't, it's not just you go away, oh, I, he, he said trust in the Lord, but how do you, you know, and you, and, and you start going, okay, Lord, I'm going to acknowledge you daily and a couple of times a day. I want to find myself going to you more often in a day. I want to find myself talking to you more often. I want to be more like Jesus who said, I know that you always hear me. But because of all these people around, I said, you know, God, hear me. But I know you always hear me. It's about confidence. And God wants our confidence as Christians to grow. It's about frequency. There we go again, another word. Uh, uh, repeated. Frequency helps with confidence. The more frequent you go to something, uh, to your studies, the more frequent you practice, the more frequent you do something, confidence will grow. So I'm encouraging all of you to frequently go to the Lord. And your confidence in the Lord will be like Jesus had confidence in the Father. Father, I know you always hear me. So now I try it on everything. I try it on turbulence. I try it on uh, no jet lag, Lord. I try it on all these natural stuff because God is about to, to do the, the, the supernatural for me. All right. Um, confidence that comes from trusting. I'm, 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 I'm already closing. I've got two more slides only. Confidence that comes from trusting and confidence that comes from confiding. Confidence that comes from trusting. The issue is, before we close, I want everyone in this room to grow in our confidence. We may, we may be confident already the last uh, few uh, weeks, months, years, but there's another level of confidence that God wants to bring us all to. And I'm really still believing, uh, Pastor David, that we will come to a place where we will start seeing cancers healed. And I, I think to myself, why not? But you know, for many of us, it's a confidence issue. It, it is. Because you go to the bedside of a uh, cancer patient and with all your religious and with all your spiritual upbringing, you still don't know whether the person will be healed. And I'm thinking whether that's, to- that's really stopping us. Because it's not the, the name of Jesus that's stopping us. Because all of us end up praying in the name of Jesus. So what do, what do you think really it is? And I have actually come to the place of acknowledging it's actually about confidence. When you see those faith healers move around, do you think they doubt in their minds that people will be healed? They don't. They have come to a place whereby, and, that's, and it, it takes practice. It takes walking and trusting in the Lord on a daily basis. So what happens is, <coughs> the difference between that guy that, that, that sees things work and you that haven't seen things work as much as you want it to, is not in Jesus' name, is not which church you come from, it's usually, mostly confidence. And God is saying, put your confidence in me. Again, what's another word? Put your trust in me. So I I hope that in a year's time when we come back, all of us will have more confidence stories. That we went to our friends. Pastor Dave, when we talk about every week, uh, a new salvation, do you know it's a confidence issue? Because if you ask yourselves, what's stopping you from telling your friends about Jesus? It's not that you don't believe in Jesus, no? 
It's not you don't believe. We sang the song, there is power in the name of Jesus, but we run away when we have to pray for cancer patients. There is power. So, sing it, never mind. Keep singing it and keep believing it. And if you want to see cancers heal one day, then start with headache, like headaches, migraines, uh, toe pain, uh, eye pain, ear pain. Start, start somewhere. And, and you know what is happening? God is building your confidence. Because guys, the, 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 the difference between an expert uh, and a non-expert uh, is confidence. The expert actually knows that this works. And as he enters the room, he knows exactly. And actually you also know because you studied it. But it's not knowledge. It's not knowledge anymore. It's a relationship. It's trust. It's confidence. And confidence comes from trusting. Confidence comes from confiding. Meaning you, you're confiding with this God on a daily basis so much that one day you will start seeing miracles greater than you've ever seen before. Do not be afraid of sudden terror nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Amen. Let me now draw your attention as we close to the board. And uh, let, let, let's, let's see what the Lord has done, okay? Everybody ready? Let's look at this board. Day one, God said to us to have all of God. Okay, do I turn it? So I, you, is that okay? Okay, put it on stage. Thanks. Yep. Let's see what the Holy Spirit has done with us the last three days. And this is the Holy Spirit. It's not, it's not, it's not uh, anyone who planned it. First 12 hours, second 12 hours, third 12 hours, 36 hours of being together. First day, God wants all of us. Uh, we sang, we want all of God. But the only way to have all of God is when God has all of us. No other way. But the word really is not just all. Because a, a person asked me yesterday, Pastor, what is all uh, actually? For me, it's easier to say more. Because yesterday's all may not be today's all. But you get revelation of what more you need to give to God. And so all I'm asking you to do is give more. A child, all is different. A child will say, my lollipop is my all. And he say, God, will you take my lollipop? At 15, if you're still saying lollipop, I will have to pray for you and give you a pop, okay? At 25, it's, it's not, you know. The, so every time you walk with the Lord, He will reveal what all means. And really all means more, that more, that more. Lord, I want to give you more of myself until there's nothing more to give. You with me? And then when there's nothing more to give, what's that called? All. Uh. You see that? If you want an L word, it's called love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. If you want a P word, it's called passion. Second 12 hours. Second 12 hours, we talked about how X Church exists for the one. And we have people coming up saying, yeah, once upon a time, I was the one. I was the one who was lost. I was the one who was not on fire. I was the one who was this and that. And we say, oh, praise the Lord, we exist for the one. We don't exist for the 1,000. No? Churches are into numbers sometimes. We're not, we don't exist. We exist for the one life that we can touch and change. God is always into the one. The one lost coin, one lost sheep, one lost son. He's into the one. How many of you know that Jesus also is the one? 
And Jesus is looking for the one who will also make the difference. And so yesterday we challenged uh, each other and say, will you be the one? And so the M word in the first 12 hours is more. The M word in the second 12 hours is move. Will you move and will you be moved by God? We said if we want a van, we already have the money. Where? It's in your pockets. If you want uh, ex Bristol to do really well and have people serving, we already have it. It's, it's, it's in us and within us, right? Everybody okay with that? But we need to move. We, know, we, we, we can't just uh, uh, have the committee move. We can't just have Pastor David and Pastor Cat move. Uh, 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 it will take all of us. Everyone being that one. Everybody okay? If you want an L word, the first L word is love. The second L word is live. Not just love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength, but live for Him. On a daily basis, live for Him. If you want a P word, the first P word is passion. The first second P word is purpose. What is the real purpose of our lives? What's the purpose God brought you here to UK? I was having a quick word with Gareth and, and, and Karen and you know, they really believe that God brought them to UK more than a job. And they're finding their purpose, their real purpose, not in their job. The job is just a door, a vehicle, a tool. <coughs> the real purpose is to be a blessing to the ones that God will bring their way. And can everybody in this room find it? And will we be moved by it? It's one thing about being seated, a monument or a movement. Uh, 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 sitting down to just be hearers of the word or to be doers of the word. Are we all okay? Do you see the Lord speaking to us? And then, today, the last 12 hours is the L word, love for the first 12 hours, live for the second 12 hours, and lean. Lean not on your own understanding to, also means to lean on the Lord. And God is saying before we leave this campsite that for the next 12 months, we got to start looking at how we can lean more on God. Lean more on God. Don't lean more on Pastor Dave and Pastor Cat. That's not the way ex London is going to go. Don't lean more on Tiong. Don't lean more on Rachel. Don't lean more on the committee only. Don't lean more on only the one person who can cook. Where's the lady from Bristol? <coughs> We thank God for such gift. And these guys are not complaining, no? They're not complaining. So I'm not being a spokesman to say, hey, come on, you know, they're complaining. No. If they had to do it until they die, I, I think they would do it because they do it unto the Lord. But that's not a way a church works, right? We lean not on our own understanding and we lean not on just people. We lean on the Lord. We've got to learn. Everyone in this room has got to in the next 12 months, how do I lean more on you, God? Instead of my handphone, right? <laughs> Yesterday, I showed you that we are leaning a lot on our, our, our phones, but we've got to lean on the Lord. We've got to lean on the Lord. What's the P word? Well, the first P word is passion. Second P word is purpose. Third P word is posture. And the posture is leaning on the Lord. Everybody see okay? Do you see one word that keeps coming up again and again? All. All. Teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. If there is a theme for this camp, it's the Holy Spirit's theme, it's all. He wants all of you. But I'm glad, you know why? And you know why I, I don't think this is a problem? Because you, first of all, want all of Him. 
So that's a good deal. But to, to have all of Him is to give Him all of you. And what does all mean? Just a little bit more every time. You say, Pastor, I heard of this message all before, no, three years ago, two years ago, last year. It always seems to pop out. Because God is a God of all. He, he, he cannot be a God of half. And He cannot be a God of three quarter. He's a God of all. But the all three years ago, if you are honest, is different from the all today. Because you have more. More talent, more money, more whatever it is, more uh, influence, more, more, more context. And so God is always saying, more, all. And so don't just give Him the all of 2017. <laughs> give Him the all of 2019. And I guarantee you next year, He will again say, would you love me with your all? And you go like, God, I thought you asked me that last year already. <laughs> say, yeah, but now you're working. You're no longer a student. My word. And that's why when I see Florence, I, I get very encouraged. Glasgow, no? And still goes to Edinburgh as much as she can. Why? Because now, eh, yeah, I'm working. Well, I've got a bit more money. I can, I can, I can travel. It's not, not, not a problem. I didn't say a little bit more money. I didn't say a lot more money. I don't, don't go asking her for money, okay? <laughs> <coughs> but I just love it. I love the spirit that is found here. And I know there's, there's, there's not just Florence. There's others who have done that, right? You know, you know, you know this. Uh, I've got a little bit more now. Tiong. You know, he was a student <coughs> when he sort of like took over the final year or just about to work. And today, you know, I mean, his, his, his job is so crazy. He's been talking about leaving and praying, but God hasn't opened the door. Ms. Mm. I want to tell you this. I'm proud of you because you are trusting in the Lord. Yeah. You are. <coughs> because anyone else would have done whatever it is in their own strength. And just say, I can't take this job anymore. And we've talked about it because, you know, you're not treated very well also where you are, but you know God wants you there. And so you're just waiting upon the, upon the Lord. So the trust and the dependency and the frequency, and, and, and yet, my word, you still finish those reports on a weekly basis. You know, other people would have given excuses. And you know what? I, I could also ex accept the excuse because I want to cut you some slack and say, oh, you know, my wife would probably be the first one because she's miscompassionate. <laughs> she, she's a real mum when it comes to these kind of things. And she would say, hey, Tiong, let's give him a chance. I'll give him a one, one month break. But, but you haven't been taking a one-month break because, you know, you know God's grace is sufficient for you. And, we, and th therefore, we pray for you. <laughs> we do, we pray for you like crazy. And you go like, God, please show to the world how much you love Tiong and, you know, how much you are with him, for him, you know. And, and you know, none of us are perfect, not even the one speaking to you right now. Far from it, right? But we trust in the Lord. And so I want to give you one last scripture as we close. Turn with me, please, to Genesis. 32, and you all know this story, so I don't have to dwell too long on it. I want to I wanna minister to you in prayer as I close, so I want us to just calm down our spirit a little bit and uh, just see what the Lord wants to say to us as a close. Genesis 32, it is the story of Jacob wrestling with God. You know the story? Jacob wrestling with God. So it says here in verse 24 of chapter 32 of Genesis. Genesis 32, 24. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the, the breaking of dawn, uh, of, of day. And, and the, the word man is uh, spelt with a capital M, so you would know Scripture is saying that he is not just any man, he is God. And so God came down in the form of a man, just like Jesus, and he began to wrestle with Jacob. And Jacob was, uh, you know, he was wrestling, and in verse 25, now when he, big hitch, saw that he did not prevail against him. So you can see how passionate 
Jacob was, how strong he was, how determined he was, how desperate he was. And some of us in this room are like that. Uh, you know, we have our own strength. Uh, and this uh, man, when he saw all that, he touched the socket of his hip. And the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. And he said, your name shall be no longer uh, called Jacob. Uh, Jacob, you know, means supplanter, right? Uh, means the one who uses his own wisdom, right? The one who uses his own strategy, right? The one who uses his own understanding, right? Lean not on your own understanding. His name was Jacob and he changed his name that day to Prince, of God, Prince with God and Prince of God. Uh, 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 and, he, and God changed his reliance that day. God changed his strategy that day. God changed his focus that day. And so I want to close by saying these things to you. Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, Tell me your name. And he said, Why is that you want to ask my name? And he blessed him there. And so Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Just as he crossed over Peniel, the sun rose on him and he limped on his hip. Jacob limped on his hip. Therefore, to this day, the children of Israel do not eat the muscle that shrank, which is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip in the muscle that shrank, in the muscle that shrank. You know, in our lives, we don't shrink our muscles. We build them. This is only one of the very few scripture reference that God allowed a muscle to shrink. Friends, there has been an encounter between Jacob and God. Just like in these last 36 hours, there has been an encounter between you and the Father. How many of you would say that after an encounter, you should actually go away stronger? Yeah, of course. You, I mean, that's only natural. And yet, and yet Jacob went away weaker. He came in perfectly walking and after an encounter with God goes out limping. How many of you are ready for that? To actually go out not with stronger muscles but with muscles that shrink because God has touched your strength and made them weak so that you can hold on to Him and depend on Him and lean on Him. So I can even change this word L, lean, to limp. Love, live, and limp. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Yes, sometimes we want to go to camps, going, out, going away stronger, you know, having more ideas, strategy, wisdom. And we go on our own strength. It is same old, same old sometimes, you know. We, nothing really changes. And yet the Lord as he's having this encounter with Jacob and Jacob with the Lord, he actually touches Jacob's strength. You know wrestling needs the hip. The hip is one of the strongest points in wrestling. And Jacob had it. He had the strength of his hip. And he went on that strength and he would, go, he would continue on that strength. But God is saying to ex-UK, uh, you will not continue on the strength you came in with. But if you will allow this encounter 
that I would touch the strength of your life. That's why uh, I put another scripture down here. It says, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 to 10, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your, come on, weaknesses. God's strength is made perfect in our weaknesses. God's strength is not made perfect in our strength. Now what this means to you, friends, I pray the Holy Spirit will reveal more to you after this. Not just now, because I don't have the whole list in my mind. Because a lot of people are going through different things. But what's going to happen is that you're going to find yourself saying, like Paul said, i rather boast in my weaknesses and in my infirmities that I may be strong. So how many of you will actually find yourself going out of this place limping? And then, and then say to people, I have encountered God. My muscle didn't get bigger, it shrank. The M words are, more of you move and muscle. I, I, I tell you, I, I couldn't plan this better because I didn't plan it. And I thought to myself, as I stood in front of this flip chart this morning in prayer, I said, Lord, thank you for speaking to us. That we are to live more of you each day. That we are to be prepared and not to be overly comfortable to move when you call us to. To move, not just Pastor Dave and Kat move, not just, you know, the leaders move, but I want to move, I need to move. Because daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, there is that one that you want me to reach and I want to be, I want to be moved by you. And then God says, before you get out of this place, thinking that it's more of me and thinking that I will move you, I want you to remember this before, you, before we end, that it will not be by your own strength. In fact, get ready to be weaker. Get ready to trust people. Get ready to, to, to depend on others. Get ready to work with other people. Get ready to, you know, make some changes in your life that will cause you to see that, you know, uh, uh, the things that God wants change in this church and in your life and in whatever it is, your ministry, uh, that it will begin to not rely on your muscles that you have built all these years, but it will rely on your leaning. And how many of you know that when you're walking with a limp, you know, you probably have to get a stick, you know, a walking stick. And you actually end up, end up coming out of the presence of God with a limb. And, and, and this limb just reminds you, because you don't limp for half a day and don't limp for another half of a day. You limp for the whole day. And when you limp, you've got to learn to lean. And, and some will lean on their staff. Some will lean on their tongkat you know, or, their, or their stick. Some will lean on, on, on the Lord. Our, 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 our staff is the Lord. Our strength is in the Lord. I'm going to pray. And we're going to close. And um, I asked the Lord, Lord, how do, we, how do I close? I can, I can pray. I can ask people to stand. Um, and I just felt the Lord saying to me, Kenneth, uh, people already know as you're speaking what this means to them. What it means to give God more. And as you give God more, you give God all. What it means to start getting up from your behind and standing up and making your life count and to move and be moved. People already know that. People already sense that, feel that. And then today, this morning, we're hearing that God and, and, and this encounter with God, God is touching the very strength of your life and causing that muscle to instead be built, instead of being built, to shrink. And, and you know what He means. And, and so, without going into details, because I will confess to you right now that I don't know the details of your life. But God knows. 
God knows. Thank you, Jesus. The musician will just start to play, even if it's just one instrument. And I will ask the Lord to just take over. Maybe all of us who are seated a long time now can just stand. And as you stand, I want you to get ready. Don't look to your left. Don't look to your right. Just, just, just be in a moment of worship where it's just between you and God. Jacob's name was changed from one who strategizes and supplants and deceives and goes on his own strength to survive. His name was changed that day in the, in, in, in the encounter with God. And, and it's as if it was not enough for the name to be changed, God also did a physical change that, will, that would mark Jacob's life forever. Jacob was so determined, and some of you are so determined, that even in a wrestling match, you will win over God. I said, even in a wrestling match, you will win over God. And yet God said, I'm going to change your name. And then He touches you. How many of you would just lift up your hand if you feel the touch of God right now? Just lift up your hand in worship. I don't know what muscle is that that the Lord will touch and how much more you will have to lean on Him and even lean maybe on others. Some of us don't like to trust others too much because we rather trust ourselves. Some of us don't like to lean on others too much, don't like to depend on others too much. You know, but, but God is saying, I'm going to allow this to happen in your life. I'm going to allow you to begin to not just look to me, but look to the people that God has brought into your life. Begin to trust God more and trust the people around you more. And God's going to begin to make you vulnerable. And nobody in this room likes to be vulnerable, but God is going to allow us to become that. I retired as a senior pastor of X Church in February 2019 because the Lord told me to. I said, Lord, I don't like to use the word retirement. Retirement, I, I, in fact, I, I dislike that word. And the Lord said to me, you got to step down and allow others to step up. And in fact, I don't even like to use the word step down. I usually say step up. But, you know, just for you to understand what I've gone through. And I had to trust my young team to lead the church. Someone asked me, Pastor, have you been in the SPO meeting at all? It happens every Wednesday. And I said, no, the Lord told me, don't go into the meetings. If you go to the meetings, they will just depend on you. They will, they will say, no, Pastor is here. Let him talk. Let him, let him lead the way. Let him decide everything. And I, and I said, Lord, should I go? He says, don't go. Pray for them. Be there for them if they need advice, if they need mentoring, be there for them, but don't go into those meetings. And, and it was very tough for me because my strength was to be senior pastor of my church that I've led for 19 years. My strength has been ideas and creativity and the ability to disciple people, etc., etc., etc. And the Lord is telling me, I don't really need your strength. And He began to touch the muscle, my muscle, which I thought it was strong, and, and that muscle strength. And, and, and sometimes I feel like, you know, and a lot of emotions going through my mind and my heart. Oh, you know, maybe people don't need me as much. Maybe people won't remember me as much. And, and, and so many thoughts come into your mind, you know, you, uh, you feel like, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to be as needed. You're not going to be as wanted. You're not going to be as 
I don't know, popular. I don't know. Things will go through our minds and our hearts. And, 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 and yet the Lord says, I want you, my, my dear son, my daughter, to trust me and to obey my voice and to do my will and to lean on me and to limp. Who likes to limp? No one likes to limp, but yet we come out of an encounter with God limping. And that limp shows that you have had an encounter with God and God has touched you and you have surrendered to the Lord and, 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 and though it doesn't, doesn't make sense, God is about to do something in the next 12 months that will surprise you, that will confound you. If you believe it, say Amen. God is about to do something amazing and He's saying, if you continue to go with your determination and if you continue to go with your strength and your ideas and your thoughts and all that, God is saying that it, it is not going to fully work. But trust me with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me and, and God will direct your path. If you believe me, say amen. Lift up your hands and just begin to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Touch me, Lord. Lord, have your way. Lord, I give you, give you my heart. I live for you, Lord. Every step. Every moment, Lord, have your way. Sing it one more time. Lord, I give you, I give you my soul. I live for you. I sense some anxiety here in this room. But God wants to take away the anxiety. I sense some fears like, God, I don't know if I, I, did, I did this, I, if I surrendered, will I be able to ever see my dreams come to pass? I, I feel some anxiety in this room. I feel like, you know, there's, there's some things that we really need to surrender to the Lord and and, and God knows what you're going through and God knows what you're feeling. And in some, in some areas, uh, it's, it's relationship-related. Uh, and, and, and you say, God, I really like this guy or I really like this girl and yet I feel you challenging me. Uh, uh, and, and you know, you're saying even at this last 12 hours, this last, the third, the third part of this camp, you're saying to me, Lord, I've been, I've been living on my own strength for too long and and are building this muscle that, that depends on myself. And yet, in this encounter I'm having with you, I feel like you're touching my hip, as it were. You're touching my muscle and you're causing it to shrink so that I, can, so that I, I end up having a limp and, and I, I end up 
Lord, with this testimony and, and yet it's not really a testimony uh, uh, because in the eyes of the world, a limp is a weakness. And yet with God, it seems like it's strength and I don't fully understand it. But you said to lead not on my own understanding, but to trust in you with all my heart. And so Father, I, I, want, to, I want to believe that as I encounter you today, I will go out limping. But Lord, I pray that this limp will actually bring me closer to you. It will cause me to hold on to you. It will cause me to reach out to you. It will cause me to lean more on you. It will cause me to trust you more in my life. Lord, I just thank you that you are doing a deeper work in my life. And I trust you. I want to trust you. So as the musician is playing, I'm going to open the altar. I know the time is, is, is late, but I, I, I see that the altar needs to be opened and people need to come. And whether I touch you or not, and whether any leaders touch you or not, we'll be led by God to do it, to pray for you. But if no one touches you, it's just you taking a step of faith to come out of your seat and to come to the altar and say, God, I want to seal this last 36 hours. I want to, I want to believe, O oh Lord, uh, that, that you have spoken and your word has gone forth and you will not return to you void. And though I'm weak, you are strong. Though I'm poor, you are rich. Though I don't know what to do next, you have all the answers I need. And I want to put my trust in you. And every day I will trust in you. Lord, I want to say I trust in you because, Lord, it might not happen my way and it might not happen in my time. But when I say I trust you, I mean that I will trust that you know what's best. And here I am, O oh Lord. So the altar is open. With those words released to you right now, you take those words and you come to the altar and say, Lord, that's me. And I want to get that right. I want that to be sealed in my heart, in my life. In Jesus' name. Come quickly, come quickly.